Hey listeners, Jeffrey Wu here, and welcome to this episode of the HVMN Podcast. I turned 30 a few weeks ago on December 27th, 2018. And two weeks before my birthday, I decided to do something proactive to celebrate. I decided to run 30 miles. It was an aggressive goal, given that the longest I've ever run before was a half marathon, just 13.1 miles. I was gonna do more than double that distance with less than two weeks to train. But was it truly insane? Was it truly impossible? I've interviewed world record-breaking athletes, Olympians, former Navy SEALs, and ultra marathon champions running 100 milers on this program. Over the course of the last couple of years, we've seen numerous examples of people achieving the impossible. So the arbitrary milestone of 30 years of not dying seemed like a good excuse to see how far I could push myself. I'm proud to say that I did it, and this episode will be telling that story. I believe all of our listeners can accomplish their own version of my 30-mile challenge. And this time around, our co-host, Dr. Brianna Stubbs, sits in the interviewer chair, diving into my two-week quote-unquote training, what was going through on my mind as miles passed by, and what I learned from the experience. Hope you guys enjoy my story. Happy 2019, folks. As a special thank you for supporting all of us at the HVMM podcast as we enter the new year, we are hooking you up with 25% off Sprint for this month's podcast offer. Sprint is our acute nootropic for focus and energy, and it's perfect for jumpstarting your day and kicking the year off right. Combining caffeine and L-theanine, Sprint has a synergistic effect that produces benefits beyond just one single ingredient alone. Sprint is zero calories, kicks in fast, and is dose adjustable to your personal caffeine tolerance. It's a great replacement for an afternoon cup of coffee and a useful pre-workout. Caffeine has been shown to improve physical performance by up to 12% in some studies. So pick up yours today. This offer is only valid until January 31st, 2019. The link to the offer www.hvmn.com forward slash pod is included in the show notes. As a business run podcast, this is the best way to directly support the show and our work. Of course, writing reviews and sharing the show with your friends are just as appreciated. Without further ado, enjoy this week's episode of the HVMN podcast. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Good. Happy New Year. Happy this New Year. This is our first podcast we're taping in 2019. So it's good to kick this off. Yeah, well, I've been away in England and you've been away down with your family in LA. So what we're sitting down here to talk about today is a challenge that you took on over the Christmas break. So why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background and tell them what you did when on your holidays? So on December 27th, I turned 30 and I've been pretty busy up until mid-December just with company and end of year closing of books, all of that and didn't really have time to figure out what I wanted to celebrate with. And thinking about what I wanted to do, I kind of had the realization that a lot of us always just sort of consume to celebrate. What I mean by that is you consume by buying things or consume by having a nice meal, which, which are all great. I, and, you know, not to demean any of that stuff. I love luxury items and, and eating good meals. I wouldn't say no to any of that, but I wanted to be more proactive for this milestone of turning 30. So could I make this something more proactive? Could I do something that would make me feel proud of doing something as opposed to just receiving the great work of other people, like a show or a food or a meal or, a, or an item? So I thought, well, 30 years, might as well run 30 miles. And this is probably like maybe December 14th, and it's going to be like less than two weeks out. And okay. I was like, kind of like, okay, 30 miles, I'm going to just think about it and try to do it. That's not a small undertaking. So can you maybe rewind a little bit further? And had you ever run that far before? What was the furthest that you'd run before you decided that you were going to run 30 miles? The furthest I've run before was a half marathon. I've so done 13 that twice, miles. 13 miles. 
And I think this kind of goes back to really being inspired by people like you, people like our, our colleague, Michael Brandt, who ran a sub three hour marathon. You've been doing Ironmans and been a tremendous endurance athlete. And also a lot of our customers and the people that we work with on a daily basis. These are people like Victoria Boussy who are breaking world records for cycling, all the Tour de France teams, all the folks in the military community who are as regular army or special operations folks just doing crazily impressive endurance feats. And at one blush, you can be like, okay, those people are just more special than me. But I think maybe I was arrogant or confident, but you also just realize these are also people, right? Like, I think from a resume, you might sound like an alien with a PhD, with a couple of world championships, all this, all these crazy credentials, being the youngest person to roll across the English channel. It's like, who is this? Like, are you a real person? But I think you just realize that, you know, not just you, but like everyone is like an actual just person. They've done incredible things in their past or have incredible things on their resume, but everyone's still a person. And I think that gave me motivation or interest to really just push myself in a physical level that I really didn't ever really truly do. You'd run a half marathon. Were you like training regularly? What was your kind of regime? How fit? What were you doing? So I probably started doing more thoughtful runs probably at the beginning of 2018. So about a year. So just to give you a sense of my athletic interests kind of grew up as like a suburban American kid playing little league soccer, basketball as an elementary school student, you know, thankful to my parents for putting me in all these positions and leagues, gave me exposure to a bunch of sports. And then as I went into middle school, thinking about just what I wanted to focus on, started playing tennis, but it was never a serious endeavor. Going back to a lot of my conversations with people that ended up being professional athletes or folks accomplishing world records, I think the motivation is very interesting. So for me, on my mom's side, they were all teachers. And my dad's side of the family were all business people, entrepreneurs. So athletics was kind of a side activity to get into college. It was never like be the best tennis player or like just be super good and, and win tournaments. It was kind of like be really good at school and academics and then do extracurriculars to get into a good college. But I guess it still put me in a very early age that being fit was helpful. My mom's still like a workout freak and works out a lot. So I always had this notion of like, okay, let's go to the gym and do some exercise. But I was never really serious about training. So I think, again, getting inspired by our customers and, and, and the folks that we work with on a daily basis, like, okay, like maybe I should just push myself a little bit and have some goals. So seeing you guys go from a rower to someone competing at the world stage on Ironman was, was pretty awesome. Like seeing my co-founder and CEO going from like a, a high school soccer player to running a sub three hour marathon. I was like, okay, like, I, I feel like almost an imposter here if I'm sitting around getting fat. Uh, but it kind of puts it within your grasp that you could go out and, you know, you see, like you said, normal people kind of going out and doing these challenges and feats and pushing themselves. And you kind of felt like you could do that. I'm not going to be a great competitive runner. Like that's not my goal. But I think it's like, can you have a challenge and a goal for yourself and push your own limits? And I think that's been the reward from that. So to answer your question directly, really just started trying to put in some miles and run regularly at the beginning of last year, 2018. I think just to give a sense of my general exercise routine, it was always kind of go to the gym pretty regularly, you know, four or five plus times a week, but just kind of do a one mile on the treadmill and go lift some weights. That's that's kind of like the intensity 
of workout, almost more as a way to decompress rather than actually training. How did you find it when you started running? I mean, I know around the office, we would chat and times you used to run with music. And how did running change from the first time that you started running? And <laughs> running? You know, how do you yeah, it uh, good question. I think hearing that I regularly run five, seven milers and can do a 30 miler now would have been pretty foreign to me just over a year ago. So the first few times was just, can you not look at your phone for 30 minutes? It was probably the hardest challenge, wow. which kind of might seem silly, but I think that's actually real. If you think about the average consumption of information that the modern person has. For sure. If you look at you know the screen time apps, people are checking their phone like hundreds of times a day. Every time there's a down pocket, it's like, boom, you got your Instagram out or you got your Facebook feed out. You're just like looking at information. So you were running along and you were kind of not able to focus on the running or you were kind of worrying about what might be going on in your phone, thinking yeah, about it. I mean, it I think it's just as an entrepreneur, it's like, okay, your email is constantly on and people are pulling you all the time for information. You, you're trained to be like, all right, like I got some free pocket time. So how did right. you get over that? By realizing that you kind of sucked at running. It's like, dude, <laughs> I'm pretty screwed up. I, I don't think that, that extreme, but I'm like, wow, like, Am I that addicted to information that I can't just focus on a task for 45 minutes, an hour? So that was on the mental side. And I think just on the physical side, it just, you know, my feet weren't ready to just take that kind of regular pounding. Again, I think we're, and then now I think after this kind of year of, uh, of training and talking to folks that are athletes or in the military community, I think a lot of people are just kind of soft now. It's like, okay, like... People are worried about like hurting their knees. Like you're not even running. You're like you're running like two miles, and you're worried about running, hurting your knees. Like, are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> but, I think, but, but I think it's like it is. If you're going from like zero to thirty, yeah, it's gonna probably hurt yourself. Yeah. But and I, I kind of just didn't have the right shoes, hurt my feet a little bit, had some false starts where I wanted to heal up, and didn't know like what pain was like expected pain of being sore after running and what pain was like probably you're injuring yourself. So kind of a spotty, I would say like three months. You actually instigated this. I think you challenged me to run a half marathon. I instigated the half marathon. Yeah, I instigated the, half the marathon. 30 miles. You instigated the half marathon. What was that? It was like spring of 2018? Yeah, I think we were at company dinner. And to be honest, for me, the half marathon, you know, even if you're going kind of slowly, it's not going to take you more than two and a half yeah. hours. It's not a crazy amount of time to be on your feet and out and walking. And so I think that most people, if they approached it right, could complete 13 miles. You know, I know people that don't run that go on like 13 mile hikes. So if you just put some athletic kit on and change it into something that's like a little bit more vigorous than a walk, then I think most people could complete that distance. And so I think we were talking about it and sort of, I yeah, think the I next think day you went a, out and did it. I think it was like on a Friday. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it like on a Saturday or Sunday. I remember it was at a Thai restaurant. Yeah. We're like having lunch <laughs> with the company. It was like, because I think at that point I got over the bridge around, okay, I know I can run for 45, 60 minutes. So I could run like five, six miles. And that was like a reasonable distance for me. So I had some confidence that I can do more than a couple miles like on the treadmill. So that's me after like a couple months of just going out and just run along the Embarcadero. I had my loop going from the San Francisco Ferry Building down to AT&T Park, loop around and then go all the way up to Pier 39 then go back to the Ferry Building. That's like, that was like my kind of route. It's like six miles, can do it in like 45, 50 minutes. But yeah, I think you challenged me. I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I think I had like a couple ketone ester bottles and like just got some bananas and, just, and had a lot of caffeine and just busted it out. And I think that gave me, again, some confidence that these numbers, these distances, as you said, aren't 
like crazy physical feats. Yeah. I think they're just more mental challenges at this point in this society. I would say though that 30 miles, I mean, that's four miles longer than a marathon. 30 and was a little crazy. Yeah. The, you know, saying to someone, go and run a half marathon tomorrow, that's a very different challenge to saying, you know, in a couple of weeks, go and run 30 miles. Because I think, so a bit of background for the listeners, I did my first marathon at the start of December. And, you know, it's a, it's a long way to run. And the train, you know, I did train for 12 weeks and did some 22 mile runs in training. And, you know, I know what it's like to, but by the time you're running for that long, it's not even, you know, your body just gets battered from being on your feet and, and putting impact through it for that long. So it's, you know, it starts to be less like something that people can just wake up and do, especially with, you know, a limited kind of background. So how did you approach that. Do you think your expectation married up to the reality of how tough it would be? So to give you some context, I think at this point, so just fast forwarding to December from spring for my first sort of unofficial half marathon, kind of dialed back on the running because I kind of didn't really necessarily have a goal. But I was listening to David Goggins's new audiobook, Can't Hurt Me, about his athletic challenges as a way to callous his mind. My personal thinking was again around this notion around, I think a lot of people today are too much passively consuming. And I think the people that we have in our community want to not just be passive consumers, we want to be active participants and create things of value. So I think these two things in my mind and just having a milestone of turning 30 was like, okay, I want to put myself into a challenge, put it on my Instagram to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And just like, was publicly accountability. And I just started trying to put in miles on the treadmill. Because I knew that at that point, I had like 13 days to try to get up to 30 miles. Again, I'd run, but I wasn't training for anything. And I remember just being on a treadmill, ran for an hour, did like, you know, six some miles on treadmill. Like, okay, like I can still run decent amount. And I just wanted to put in miles with low impact. So just a lot of treadmill running just to get my aerobic ability up without hurting my joints too much. Because mm-hmm, the um, treadmill is has a bit of give in it, so it's less impact on your knees and your ankles. So if you're trying to create a kind of a quick ramp like you were, that's definitely the safest way to do it yeah. compared with going out and like running on, on tarmac. Yeah, exactly. So I would just do like a lot of six to nine milers. I remember like two days before Christmas doing like a nine miler and just finding, you know, I was going down at my parents' home in, in Pasadena and just like trying to find a track mm-hmm. uh, to run at and passing the Rose Bowl Parade. And I just like saw that like the marching bands like practicing, it was like just running loops around them for like, you know, an hour, an hour and a half. What were like the reactions to this challenge once you kind of had like laid it out there? What did your friends say? What did your family say? Yeah, my parents were like, why are you trying to torture yourself on your birthday? Because <laughs> I mean, it took up quite a bit of time on your birthday, right? It's pretty much your whole birthday day. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I eat pretty well. I have like nice things. I find ways to relax. And that didn't seem that interesting to me at that point. It was like, okay, I want to do something that challenged me that I can actually remember. If you have like a 15th nice meal, it's like, I don't know, there's a 16th nice meal going to be really great. Or like the 17th time you go to a spa or I don't know, whatever, like go to the third time you go to Disneyland or like watch a movie. Again, like I, I enjoy all those things, but I think again, just well, I wanted to anchor something to just get set the tempo for the new decade of 30 and kick off the new year in, in a right mindset. So, but I think I'm fortunate to have crazy friends like you to just be like, yeah, I just, 
you got it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So you had your family being a bit bemused. Those of us here at HVMM being like, woo, go Jeff, go Jeff, getting yeah. all kind of excited. And yeah. I mean, I was back in England and I was following, it was sort of like, because of the time difference, it was kind of getting in towards the middle of the night. So I was following your updates through till I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, I'd gone out for a nice meal and every so often we're checking your updates under the, the table. So it was quite fun to follow you. So you got Bamu's family, supportive friends, and you're coming in to like the night before and the morning of like, so what did you do to prepare directly before the event? One of the biggest challenges was like finding like a 30-mile route. I don't spend that much time in LA area. So I didn't know like, okay, what's like a reasonable like 30-mile route that wasn't just going to be like running around a track for 80 loops or something, like something or like 90 loops, something it would be super boring. More than that. Or I guess that'd be like 120 yeah. loops. <laughs> you know, I decided to make kind of like a weekend retreat out of it. Chose to go to Ojai, which is a little bit of elevation, just to like, you know, there's some hiking and trails there. I was like, okay. I just kind of underestimated how hard it was to run on up trails but it was like okay like the longest trail I could find in Ohio was like a 15 mile loop up one of the peaks uh-huh. which had like a 4500 feet <sighs> elevation and so it's not down. like you're just gonna go and run 30 miles on well, the, on I, the road on the flat. I think it would have been like really lame to just run on a well, you'd have to run along the track, but I mean, for example, in LA, you could have run along the front uh, past like Santa Monica. And, yeah, you know, well, but, that's, but, like... but, but it's long. Yeah, you, I guess you could really run up a beach for like 30 miles, but also not like beach running is kind of hard. Like, you But just not, not on the beach. There's a path, you know. I mean, what I'm saying here is it's a lot harder to run 30 miles with elevation and on a trail. I know, I realized that. I realized that. I realized so that. When, when did you realize that? <laughs> Weren't you just like doing cross hatches up a mountainside? You're like... Okay. God damn, this is going to be a long day. And then like running down was also rough on the knees it's too. It's almost as hard to run down as it is to run up. Yeah. Just in terms of prep, I think I knew that if I was doing trail runs, I would need to make sure I stayed hydrated because kind of like a, it's, a, it's a long day out. Mm-hmm. So got a nice little hydration vest, got some nice advice from you for fueling in terms of making sure I was eating enough calories because if you're out doing 30 miles, I think the rule of thumb is that for anything less than like a half marathon, you can kind of push it without fueling but anything beyond you, you'll need calories yeah so i got all that sort of dialed in i think it was like okay let's wake up have a little bit of breakfast let's do it set off off set this up. trail yeah by yourself christine my girlfriend was supporting a lot like it was, so it was like a kind of like a nice day that ended up being a quite a long day of a lot of running yeah She's a much better endurance runner than me, so she almost was carrying me towards like the end. But she didn't run the whole thing with you. She just picked you up, or did she? She ended up just like following the whole time, or wow. was like swearing the whole time, which is crazy, which is awesome. It's a good bonding, good yeah. bonding day for you guys then. <laughs> Short intermission here to remind you about this month's podcast offer of 25% off of Sprint. Previous podcast guest and professional gamer Vince Mancini is a particular fan of Sprint. Let's hear about his experience. I was doing tests with the Sprint and I see this is a very good sweet spot because I could have the concentration of the alternating without the jittery of the coffee and I could actually pay attention. So this product here is extremely effective. Thanks, Vince. To claim this offer, which is valid until the end of January 2019, type in com forward slash pod. Now back to the podcast. So you set off up the trail and you realize that the trail's quite hard work. So how do you start rationalizing this to yourself? And you know, you were saying early on that you were bored when you were running. Have you kind of got past that? How did you how was your like mental game? I think it's all just baby steps. If you can push through like the first 30 minutes of your body like not wanting to move, 
Like I would say, like I'm curious to hear your experience. Like probably the first 30 minutes of running, you're just like, ah, like you're just getting like the gunk out of your system and getting your brain in the right mindset. And then you just tell your brain, okay, like we're gonna be doing this for a while. And it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna do it. So I think at that point, I can put myself in a kind of a trance state of like, all right, we're gonna just do this. So the mental part wasn't an issue. It was just like a lot of climbing on gravelly rock and kind of not wanting to slip and yeah, yeah way more tiring. So like the pace was like quite slow at certain parts where you just like kind of power hike some of the steep parts of that trail. That 15 mile trail was just like, I think would have been like a nice day out for like an aggressive <laughs> hike by itself. Yeah. And I was like, and then I think Christina at that point was like, all right, she thought we were going to just like call it. Cause like, it was like a nice 15 mile hike. Yeah. She's like, all right, we're probably just like call it. I'm like, no, we got 50 miles to go. And then I was like, kind of look at the Google maps, trying to find some like loop that's on, more on flat ground. So you and headed off the trail, come back into town. Just running loops around the town of Ojai. And there was a point where you were running around a baseball field. Okay, How so so basically it was like, okay, 15 miles, hiked. It was like, all right, like this is taking a lot longer than I want to. We got to change up the terrain so we can run flat. So we can make it a little bit of time, go a little bit faster. Yeah. And then we started making loops around the town of Ojai. And I think around mile 23, 24 was kind of the peak of mental toughness because... You know, there's like the marathon distance of 26.2 and you're like, it's still a couple miles out and there's like still seven miles ago to finish 30. Mm-hmm. And it's like starting to get dark where it's like, okay, should I just like run a marathon? Should I just quit? Should I just like lie to myself? Like, I kind of did it. Those things started creeping up. And I think this is like quite a few hours in. How did you feel? Like, how did your body feel? Were you tired? Were you hungry? Were you sore? Were your feet, you know, like, how, how was the whole experience at that point? Calves, feet, everything's got quite a bit of pounding by then. And then running downhill kind of shreds up your quad. So, like, kind of the legs were in pain. And I think your mind's kind of like, man, are we going to stop? We're going to do this? Like, this is kind of getting cold. It's kind of getting dark soon. Mm-hmm. Like, getting dark, that really like you're just, you're just You're just, like, talking to yourself for a lot of hours, right? I think that's, like, one thing I've appreciated about endurance activity is that you're actually like in your own mind for quite a long time. I don't mm-hmm. think people really do that anymore. Well, especially like you were saying very early without having that like stimulus of technology and kind of interaction. Yeah, you're distracting yourself somehow. with new information. Yeah. So just being five, six hours in your own head was like a long time of you talking to yourself being like, why am I doing this? Is this fun anymore? Is this <laughs> like doing some updates on Instagram? Like that, that was kind of fun just to like take off some of the monotony. Did you put on a brave face for the Instagram updates or? I think in the beginning it was more of it. I think at, towards the end I was like, dude, like this kind of sucks. <laughs> Cause yeah, it, it just, it's just hard. Your body's sore, your body's tired, your brain's kind of bored, tired. And again, at mile 23, 24, it's like, you have this like this false milestone of like maybe I should just do a marathon mm. and just call it a day. And you still have like seven miles to go, which is like not pretty long. As long as one of your normal training runs at least, right? Yeah. So it's like, damn, like after like a seven mile or eight mile, right? I think for most people it's like that's like a nice session. And that's when you're fresh. And I think so it started getting dark. And I was like, okay, I don't want to like actually kill myself in like running around town with not a lot of lighting. And I wanted to get my feet into a little bit more of a soft terrain because I was running on concrete and sidewalks at the time. So I was just trying to find some sort of park and just like constrain it to some nicey field, some nice 
soft feel. I could just like run loops around. Mm-hmm. So, so I just ran around the city to find their baseball diamonds. Like, all right, this this will work. And I just like ended up running like 30 loops around this. Like there's a lot of loops around this baseball diamond just to crank out like another, you know, four miles off that baseball diamond. And then I think when it was like 26, 27 miles left, it had just like a resurgence of energy where I remember on the initial day where I decided to do the 30 miler, I was kind of BSing and saying like, look, I could do a 5K in my sleep at 30 miles. I can can definitely do it. Just like pumping myself up. And then I was at that point, like I had 5K left, like three miles. So I was like, all right, I better like stick to my word there. Mm -hmm. I can definitely crank out three miles in my sleep. So I guess I got to do it. Yeah. I think sort of mind over matter where we were just like, okay, let's just do it. Like move the feet. So how did it feel to finish? What went through your mind? It wasn't like a crazy athletic achievement that broke any records, but I think it was good to remind yourself. And I think this ties into just, I think a larger story here is that it was good to say and state a goal and actually accomplish it. Yeah. And I think that's something that like would push your internal limits. And that gives me confidence. And I think a reminder of what each of us can do. And I think a lot of us like stop having these positive feedbacks looped in life at some point. Because I think when you go through school, there's a lot of short-term feedback loops. Or in, when you're in a lot of competition, there's like feedback loops. You're winning a competition, you're getting an A on a test, you're getting a good score, you're getting feedback from a project or your teacher. At, at a certain point, as you go in the workforce or if you're doing your career, that that feedback loop stops. You're just kind of exploring by yourself. But it's uncomfortable as well to like put yourself you know, on the line, to set a goal, and then, you know, you get, you're there and you're at 23 miles and you're like, well, I could just But I think that people stagnate. I think people want goals. I think when you don't have goals, you actually stagnate. I think that's why a lot of people are searching for meaning or I, I feel like there's some sort of like almost a malaise with a lot of people out there. But people are afraid to set goals that they might fail at. But that's, I think, the only goals that are worth achieving. Because if you know you can do it, then you don't, as a human being, don't actually put weight on it. For sure. So I think for me, I think that one accomplishment just reminded me of the value of setting high goals and achieving it and then having the expectation that you can pick a goal and do it. I agree. I think that was the highlight for me. It's like, okay, this is twice as long as I've ever run before, but I'm going to do it. And I have confidence that I can do it now. Yeah. And can I take that confidence to every other activity and put and put high bars for everything else I do? And I think that you might say that you know the athletic goal has no relation to a business goal or intellectual goal, but I think that's overly simplified. I think at some shared root, you just need a discipline and a resilience to failure to get any goal done. Yeah, and that made me think about just my past. I wish that. I had focused a little bit more goal-oriented in terms of athletic endeavors in my childhood, where I think just where I ended up going down my path, again, focused from just my upbringing of having my mom's side of the family being teachers, my dad's side of the family being entrepreneurs, like very, very focused on academics, you know, scoring really good scores on SAT. I had like the highest SAT scores in eighth grade across the nation. So I had like 1590 out of 1600. So like getting all these like academic awards, winning science fairs, which I think reminded me of, again, seeing those like early positive feedback loops, I'm sure in your life, as you became more of a serious role and started getting feedback loops, you got more and more confident. And I think at a certain point, you stop getting these short f- feedback loops where your feedback loops are super long, right? Like in business, it's 
you, you know, a project is like a quarter or, or you're doing a, a academic research project, your, your feedback loops are like six months, 12 months. And I think that if you don't have that tight feedback loop, you, you lose momentum or you, you become listless. And so I think this athletic 30 miler just reminded me of the value of having these goals and training your brain to expect that you can surmount and accomplish things on a regular basis. So it's kind of rewiring my motivations and my thought processes a little bit. I think there's something that's very powerful about setting a goal, putting yourself out there, achieving it. You learn things through that process that map into all areas of whatever you're doing. You spoke really nicely about that. And I think that's something that we can all take away from this as an example. It's like, no matter where you're starting from, you've got to be setting, holding yourself accountable, pushing your limits and delivering on things. But it's all kind of from your own personal baseline as yep. you said you know earlier on as well it's not like everyone's going to go out and you know run a two-hour marathon break the right. world record you know and for me personally I'm not going to be like a professional triathlete or you know you st- look at where you're at you set something that's a little bit challenging and then through the process of training and then of executing like on the day that pressure to kind of deliver and step up or you know there's always a point where I think in Rome, we used to talk about having the hand in the fire, the kind of like painful point where you've got to decide whether you're going to stick with it or whether you're going to kind of pull back. And so creating those opportunities for yourself to kind of grow as a person and develop that resiliency and discipline. And, you know, sport is a great way of doing that that then maps into kind of everything else that we're doing. Yeah, no, I think hand in fire is like a great analogy. I think we are in a society where we don't really have opportunities to do that. Like I think most jobs or opportunities don't put you that, that kind of pressure to test yourself at that level. But I think that's so important to, for you to have your hand in the fire and see that success in yourself, to know that you can handle it and you want more of it. And ultimately, with sport, you've got a little bit more control over the outcome. Yeah. With your career and business, if you're part of a big company, sometimes it's hard to see whether what you're doing has an impact. I mean, we're very lucky here because we're such a small team and you can really see the impact that you're having. But it can be difficult to get that in your professional life. You know, So you might put in 100 hours of effort and then not see return because another member of your team or you know the, the stock market's changed or, you know, it just didn't work out for you. As whereas with sport, time and effort in is generally, you know, within reason rewarded by improvements. And, you know, as long as you're setting progressive and realistic goals, you know, you can start to make headway towards them, which is a little bit more up in the air with business. I think think that's exactly what I was thinking about coming into this conversation, because how do we make this more generalizable? Because I think, again, like this one random 30 mile run is interesting for me personally, how do we take lessons from it? And I think the broader theme here is that we know that positive feedback loops are very valuable for building up confidence and competency. But in a business setting or in something that has a lot of variables, you cannot control the variables there, right? Your success is not just dependent on your effort. There's like a macro environment of the stock market, your other team members dropping the ball, and the feedback loops might be longer. So you don't get that confidence and that repetition there. But again, with something like an individual sport, you can get that short feedback loop, get results, get confidence, and get that flywheel going. The way I think about it now is that there's different flywheels that you can kick off in your life, but make sure you have enough short-term ones so you can keep building confidence of of setting goals, executing, surpassing those goals, and improving. Because if you're just waiting for two-year-long cycles, like you're going to lose momentum, lose steam. Like there's no way to track that progress. Like our minds are not designed to have like a two-year, 24-month planning cycle to see success. You need to have that short-term 
success, that serotonin dopamine to get you motivated to keep pushing yourself. That's a good point to start wrapping up. So Jeff, when's your next ultra marathon? What's the next challenge? <laughs> Are you converted? I think I want to do a timed marathon, a formal marathon. This year? This is yeah, on yeah. record, remember? Yeah, this yeah. Is- no, I think I want to target somewhere between 3.30 to 4. I mean, again, like, it's not, not going to move super quick. But What's I your wanna- half marathon time? Just under two, like 159. So like, I want to improve my half marathon time and do a reasonable marathon. I think one thing that's been inspiring to me was looking at some of the physical fitness standards for some of the ranger units or some of the military units that are just posted publicly. I think it's a good reasonable standard. Okay, like the rangers are like an elite unit in the American military. How can I get like top ranking for all those events? So like, I think on a lot of the physical like pull-ups, sit-ups, those are pretty reasonable. But I think it's like a 13 uh, minute for two miles, which is quite speedy. Those are those are things I want to work towards. Like a 30 fit, 35 minute uh, five miler, are a couple of the running standards there. So so got a few things. So I get a few things I want to just go towards. So I want to be quicker on these. I would say like medium distance runs, and then have a couple good long distance runs in there as well. So if the listeners want to keep up with your training and your progress, how can they follow you? All the HVMN channels, you can keep track of me, but also, you know, Brianna, other folks on the team. But if you want to follow the personal story, I have a personal handle, handles at Twitter, just Jeffrey Wu, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-W-O on Twitter and Instagram. You're on Strava as well, aren't you? I'm on Strava as well. I got to log more stuff on Strava. I'm doing a lot more indoor treadmill stuff. Strava is good for accountability. So perhaps someone else yeah, will want yeah, we'll to run a marathon. Perhaps someone else will want to run a marathon with you and you can pick one and both people can train with you towards a marathon yeah. later in the year. It's always fun to get like minded people with goals together. So if you have goals for 2019, hit me up on any of those channels. We'll support each other and make 2019 the best year ever. Yeah, we really appreciate when listeners get in touch and the community that we're building online. It's great to hear, as Jeff just said, you know, what other people's goals are and what we can do to sort of support one another to achieve those. Because as you said, it's super powerful making and achieving goals. So I think that's a really great point to end the conversation. Thanks for letting me on this side of the mic. Thanks for making time to chat and really, really big congratulations. Because to be honest, when you said you were going to do it, I mean, I thought you could do it, but I did think you were also a little bit crazy and you didn't really know what you're getting yourself in for because a marathon is a long way and 30 miles is, you know, four miles or so longer than a marathon. So, I mean, really, really big congratulations for setting out to do it and completing it. Yeah. So until next time, listeners, this is Brianna and Jeff signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, everyone. Remember to check out www.hvmn.com forward slash pod for this month's special podcast offer. For January 2019, that offer is 25% off Sprint. It's a new year, folks. Time to hit the ground running. Are you interested in getting $15 of HVMN store credit that you can use on our website? I thought so. Submit a written review on our iTunes page and then send a screenshot to podcast at hvmn.com. That email line is always open for guests, topic ideas, feedback, and questions. So until next week, listeners, stay sharp and train smart.